4: Follow
5: the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Pauly
0: Howard on vSYN. Out of the gates. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on vSYN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Pauly Howard. Live downtown Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino is your spot. Busy, busy three-hour program on tap. V-Sins, NBA betting analyst, Jonathan Von Tobo coming up in the second hour of today's show. How about this? Uh, Andrew, we have a World Series of Poker dealer today, which is going to be outstanding. I can't wait to ask him a a zillion questions on this event, Paulie.
3: Not only that, he deals some of the big cash games on the strip, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, yes, a poker dealer, World Series of Poker going on, and I was not aware of all the problems last year. You think five kings in the deck a couple years ago was a big deal. Oh, the fiasco. And I
0: can't wait to hear what it's like to deal with unruly players Uh and the abuse that he gets at the table. Sure. So that'll be really, really good.
3: Men are still entering the women's events, too. It's allowed? (laughs) If you pay pay a certain
0: price, yes. All right. Oh, God. Okay, so we do have, you know, usually the NBA does not do this. They put the game on a Thursday night. That way, like, all media can talk about it leading into it, and then they can recap it on Friday morning. They don't really put a, a an NBA Finals game on a Friday night. So we're in a unique spot tonight. It is game four. It is such a massive game. What is it now going back? The winner of game two. Uh, I'm sorry, game three when it's tied at one apiece is 82% all time to win the series here. Yeah. yeah. So you have that going for you. And, uh, you know, the biggest question marks to me, again, I think Steph's going to be okay the way it seems. And again with Robert Williams?
3: Yeah, If it was a regular season game, he wouldn't play. So uh, he'll be probably on a minutes restriction. And, and what can he give you percentage-wise? He was great in game three, but he's always, you know, like a lot of guys, day-to-day and one uh, fluke play from, from leaving the game. And that, well, you, that all comes down to health with Curry, too. I would say the same thing about Curry. You know, they wrote about it with Williams. But well, this is, a, is this a Tuesday night in February in Sacramento. I don't think he's playing. And you got a guy who's 240 pounds and he lands on his ankle. Yep. He also said it was the same amount of pain when he got hurt against Boston in March, and he missed like 12 games as a result of what happened there. So it, it's we'll see when you get that uh, adrenaline going, but if he's compromised in any way, and he has been so good in this series, averaging 31 a game and shooting almost 50% from three, if he has an average game, I mean, they, to me, they're cooked because you just don't have the supporting cast like they used to have. On um, They could really use a, a guy like Iguodala. But his time has come and gone. And he's hurt and doesn't even
0: play. Well, they could use, I mean, Porter tonight.
3: Yeah, but he's like questionable. He's threes. banged up. A, right, sure.
0: You know, I'll give you another guy. Like, it would be nice for Golden State. It would be nice if Wiggins went out there tonight and gave him like 24 points. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been solid yeah. in the series. But if he played exceptional tonight, that would be such a big boost. And I'll tell you, again, they have juiced Curry's player points prop up to 29 and a half. Now, I hate betting the under on him, and I'll tell you why. It goes back to the playing game 2 years ago when he was on just a mission scoring, you know, high 30s or 40s every single game. They put up a 36 and a half in that playoff game against the Lakers. I'm like, 36 and a half? That's nuts. I got to bet the under. He never even took a shot for the first 5 minutes of the first quarter. He had 21 points at mm-hmm. halftime. He hits a three late to go over and scores 37. I'm like, if I, it's just it's, you know, it's tough, but if he if he's compromised at all tonight to get to 30 again, where you could see yep. maybe the Celtics are blowing them out again in the fourth quarter, and they're like, Steve Kerr says, get them off the court right now.
3: Well, what are you going to get out of again? Clay was phenomenal in game three. Poole's been a no-show other than uh, you know, what happened in game two with uh, some of the fluke threes that he hit. But if you can't play Looney because you play Looney and Green at the same time, you, that's three guys, Then you only have three guys on the floor that can shoot. Green's been a liability in two of the three games. And then if you can't play Looney, they're just going to bury you down low. And that was a big, uh, the big difference in Game 3. They were plus 26 Boston points in the paint, and they killed them on the glass. Uh-huh. So with, with the size and the physicality, and also if they're going to call it tight, everything's points to Boston here. And many people think they're the better team to begin with. And now you have uh, some key injuries as well, and, and, and Green has been has given them nothing, absolutely nothing. I tell you and, what. And it's a great job by Boston not even bothering to guard
0: them. Yeah, no, just here you go. Go ahead and shoot. You can take it all day long. I would rather have Looney on the court than Dream on Green. The way that he's playing, and you're exactly right. I, it's, it's it doesn't appear that Boston's more talented. I think they absolutely are, and I you know this week we can tie in a couple of different uh, professional sports betters. One, Aaron Rennie, who comes on this show and this network all the time, told us during the Eastern Conference Finals, he go and he just his observation was, guys, it's not close. The talent in the Eastern Conference just dwarfs that that of the Western Conference, and we agreed with them. And they're like, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And then you saw this tweet from uh, HarleBob Vulgaris. Yep. Who, you know, for a long, long time was the best NBA better in the world. He is now retired from betting, uh, from what he says anyway. And he said, forget about the stats for a minute. The one thing that is absolutely clear in this series one team is just 10 times more athletic than the other. That's tough to overcome, even when you have a walking one man top five offense in the league with Steph. He's right. I mean, it's the talent level on Boston, it jumps off the page immediately. And then when when the the Warriors have to go to their non Steph minutes and bring in guys off the bench, and when they're not, and it's not Kaminga or Moody. Guys that actually look athletic, it's like yeah, this is not even close with the athleticism.
3: Good tweet you saw it in game three. They just would clear out and go to the basket every time they wanted for big oh, stretches in that game. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is the turnovers. I mean, that it's again, they're 13 and 2 in the playoffs when they have fewer than 15 turnovers. There it is. They're also, uh, they've won 15 in a row when Tatum has seven or more assists. So the, the okay. only thing that can stop Boston now, other than a Superman performance by Curry, is Boston. And just, you know, what, what they did at times in the Miami series in Milwaukee, blowing big leads and silly turnovers against the Heat and somehow blowing game six at home as a nine-point favorite. The zigzag theory will be popular tonight. Uh, do the opposite of what happened the previous game. And, again, it's been a uh, public versus professionals uh, series, too, where the public's been on Golden State and the professionals have been on Boston. It feels like it should just about do it if Boston wins, though. I can't see Golden State coming back down three games to win. Yeah, that'd be
0: really tough. Yep that scenario i just I, I really can't envision uh points props tonight mentioned curry 29 and a, and a half you were betting clay under last game he's 20 and a half now they bu- juiced it up a little bit because of his performance you want to go under again yeah no
3: i do no i want to go pool under i will stay yeah. away from clay because pool got benched uh, uh in the last game so i'll go p- under 11 and a half with pool don't know what to do with horford the the th- total threes are 28 and a half now i think i'd probably go over that one more time yeah First quarter. What do you want to do with the first quarter? Fifty four and a half. Every first quarter has gone over. And
0: the and the Warrior third quarter thing again. Well, and by by the way, right now at Bet Rivers, the, the third quarter line, they have a three way number on it, Paulie. In the three way market, Celtics minus one hundred twenty, Warriors plus one eighteen, a tie is seventeen to one, just the money line through uh third quarter, Warriors are plus one oh seven right now before the game tips. Uh, they have the Celtics pretty uh, very high with the VIG, minus 136. You could also bet this in play tonight when the game is going on. That's the way that I would prefer to do it. But if you just think yep. by default that uh, the Warriors got to be bet tonight in the third quarter, you can grab that plus money right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want I, Yeah, I want to see what's going to happen in the first half. I want to see what the score is. If it's if Golden State's leading 65-50 at halftime, I don't want to bet Golden State third quarter. But if they're down... right. If it's a two-point game or if it's an eight-point game, whatever, then I would prefer to look at the Warriors then.
3: Largest lead-unders plus money. It it should be.
6: (laughs) Yes, it should. Did they keep it at (laughs) 17.5?
3: Yeah, they did. Did Yeah, they did. Yep. Uh, There's a good house special at Bet Rivers, too. Clay and Steph, both to hit over four-and-a-half threes is plus 440. That's a nice house special that they always have up there. Uh, Tonight is also enormous for the uh, finals MVP. I mean, if Brown plays well again and they win, To me, he's got to be the leader in the clubhouse. Oh, he should be right now. Yes, he should. I mean, I don't know if this is liability or whatever it is, but I don't get the Tatum stuff at all. Maybe Big Al can have a big game too. Yeah, Maybe Al gives you 15 and plays uh, solid defense. So
0: I I would not write him off. He's a long shot at this point for sure. But if Brown goes out there and has 25 and he makes an impact immediately like he has a couple of times already, I, I don't know how this doesn't flip after tonight. If Tatum is who he's been so far in the first three games and Brown's really good, they they got to change the favorite. Just have to. Yes. You can't keep going with this with Tatum as the favorite. The other thing, they that was a
3: awesome atmosphere for the last game. Mm-hmm. Those fans were into it. They're loud. They're great sports fans. As Mark Spears tweeted, like them or hate them, uh, it's one of the best, uh, most passionate fan bases and, and, and best sports towns in America. He's right about that. I can't believe the Warriors are making a big deal out of the swearing.
0: It's, uh, they're they're making a huge mistake.
3: Come on, what are we doing here? Like like kids aren't aware whether the F word or what goes on. You just had Golden State fans repeatedly throw garbage at Charles Barkley when he was live on television, and then you got Green saying, "Well, real stay classy with your with your cursing at me," and then he swears in front of his son in the postgame sure. presser.
0: Well, and then you know people keep receipts. They went back to when LeBron was on the Cavaliers and they were playing in Oakland. And what, you know, that was a big deal because of uh, how the fans were treating LeBron and what yes. they were calling him. They're the B word. And, and, and Clay Thompson goes, oh, you got to be a man. We hear every word on the court. And now six oh, years later, no. fast forward. Oh, yeah. Funny yeah. the way that works, right? Kerr, everyone's but doing it. They're, they're, oh, they're making such a them. big deal out of it. And I got news for you, Golden State. If you think it was bad in the last game because you're now being That's babies right. about it, oh, no, you have no idea what you're in store for tonight. Right. You're Ky- going to get killed by the fans. Kyrie Irving was giving the fans the finger.
3: Yeah. Repeatedly, yes, and telling them you know do something, uh, which is unfortunate. Oh, you I, said. But I, that, that's I, I they're going to be like, relentless tonight. You can't handle this, yeah. right? It's like Glenn
0: Gary, Glenn Ross. You think this is abuse? What, what are you I, talking about? I know. I just it's, it's, it sounds like they're coming up with. Uh, yeah, I know. Remember after Game One, it's the first to four. It's not the first to one. And now the fans, uh, oh my God, I can't believe this. Uh, yeah, if if they lose this game tonight, I think that's a wrap for the series. But I mean, they this, here's the thing about Kerr again. They've won a a road game in 26 consecutive playoff series. I know. So you have that going tonight as well. And if they don't win it tonight, well, then they got to come back and win games five, six, and seven in a row to win the series.
3: Will it be close? Will will it be? Will it be within seven with five minutes left? Will it be within five with five minutes left?
0: I I mean, I wish I had confidence in saying (laughs) Yes. yes, but I don't. Hasn't happened. Nope. The first hour of this program is presented exclusively by Bett Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. More NBA Finals coming up next. We can all tell by watching that Draymond Green is having a bad series. If ever the numbers back it up, it's with him. Wait until you hear how bad he's been next.
5: VSAN, the sports betting
7: network.
3: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, we have you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that focus from the local perspective in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, so to put a bow on this Tony Larusa story and give you the actual audio, here's the situation from yesterday. White Sox are at home to the Dodgers. They eventually lost 11-9, but they're in the top of the sixth inning, and they just kind of blew like a 5 nothing lead, right? So Dodgers have the lead at 7-5. Freddie Freeman just singled in Gavin Lux. He's on second base. The count is 1-2 to Trey Turner. And Tony La Russa, skipper for the White Sox, says, you know what? Uh, we're going to put him on. We're going to put Trey Turner on first base and intentionally walk him with the 1-2 count. And people are stunned. The look on Freddie Freeman's face when he's on second is like, what is going on right now?
3: Benetti and Stone were so good. I mean, Benetti is just incredulous. The play-by-play guy. Uh-huh. And Stone. Stone's been a, one of the best color guys for a long time. You know, I used to decades. love, every day I would watch Harry Carey and Steve Stone. Stone would predict everything that was going to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Harry, one more slider here, and that just will
0: about do it for this at-bat. There it is. Mm-hmm. But I, it just, I, I, yeah, I, it's shocking one. So that. Max Muncy comes to the plate. You guessed it. Three-run shot, and that goes 10-5 then at that point for the Dodgers. La Russa after the game. with a, I mean, the decision was bad enough. The comments here make it 10 <laughs> times worse. It's a back-and-forth with a reporter talking about this walk of Trey Turner with a 1-2 count.
5: So let me ask you a question. Is there is there some question about whether that was a, a good move or not? I guess if one
7: two is the question, at the count.
5: Do you know one. what he hits against left hand pitching? With 0-1 one, oh, one or two strikes, you know what he hits? He him, right? Well, you know what Muncie hits with two strikes with against left hand pitcher. Uh, I mean, is that really a question? Yeah. Because it was one and two. Turner was a, a strike left against a left hander is not something you can avoid if you can we had an open base, and Muncie happened to be the guy behind him. And that's a better matchup. Again, somebody disagrees. That's, that's the beauty of this game. Welcome to it. But that, that wasn't a tough call. Was there
4: a reason for waiting until 1-2, though? Not to huh? right Was there a reason to not do it right away and wait till 1-2? Well,
5: that's when, they, that's when the, the pitch got away.
0: it? <laughs> I mean, honestly, some oh of the dumbest God. comments I've ever heard in my entire life. Is that really a question? Oh, my God. So, Joe Sheehan, who was just great on Major League Baseball. Tony, people are speechless. They can't believe it. The yeah. People are think it's a fireable offense, Tony. You, you, again, after those comments, to <laughs> me, he's gone. He should have been fired. <laughs> but Joe Sheehan, and this is funny, he goes, I feel silly even breaking this down, but Trey Turner, career versus lefties after a 1-2 count. 258, 310, 390 slash. The pitcher for the White Sox, career versus righties after a 1-2 count. 167, 286, 167. La Russa gave that up. For Muncie career versus lefties, 251, 365, 492. And the pitcher's numbers as well, way worse. It's not a, yeah, so there you go. There are the numbers, Tony. There you go. That's what you're trying to justify your walk with yeah. at a one-two count. I, I I don't know what, yeah, what he's talking about, what number he's looking at. It's, it's, how dare you to the reporter? How dare you? Is he's that even a home? question? I can't believe it. Oh. So I, I will say this in terms of... Uh, Maybe put a betting spin on it. Our buddy Dave Koken, who's been doing this for decades, and you know you talked about this, I think, as recently as yesterday. In all sports, when a manager or coach gets fired. Look at the Phillies. Phillies, taking off, right? Yeah. Um, he tweeted out he will absolutely be on the White Sox the day that Tony, Tony La Russa gets fired. They are a prime candidate to take off as soon as this guy is gone. Prime. I will not be stunned if they rattle off 10 out of 12 when he's gone. Unacceptable. Three games under five hundred.
3: Come on. We're almost into July here. What are you doing? Yeah. What's the problem?
0: So let me give you one more from a a game that I'm watching yesterday, Paulie. I could not believe, I had to rewind it three times, no joke, to make sure I did not hear it incorrectly. I'm watching the end of the Rays-Cardinals game. Very good game. They're in the post game talking about what happened. So it was Michaelis versus McClanahan. Both guys went eight innings yesterday. The broadcast crew for the Rays points out that it was the first time in 13 months since May of last year that two starting pitchers each lasted eight-plus innings in the same game. I No joke. I'm like, there's no way that that was accurate. Re- rewind. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then I, I sent out a tweet. I wanted to make sure I got it right. I was transcribing. Uh, I had to rewind it again. Yeah. What? I know That's wild. That's wild. I, I mean, the, we know the game has changed. Like, uh-huh. you can't even – it's not even the same game at all. But, wow, that I was floored by that. Floored. Sure.
3: sure. So. What do you think today? Well,
0: we have some good matchups. We got yep. some uh, good
3: pitchers on the mound. They—they're supposed to be Peterson for the Mets. Yep, they're six and zero when he starts, and every game's gone over. But now uh, McGill's back, so he's supposed to start. As the Mets continue this road trip, great job by Otani. They, they finally broke the streak. Uh, they Angels got a win, but uh, we'll see how the Mets respond now after it didn't go well in San Diego when they're on a long road trip. And speaking of San Diego, Musgrove's going in there 9-1 and one when he starts. Oh, boy, but you got to play a price here. Number one, they're going against the Rockies, and cool, who's been awful. But uh, 265 in some spots for the Padres at home.
0: Musgrove on the year 164 with the ERA, almost 9Ks per nine. Very good outline numbers as well, underline numbers. And, yeah, it's it's a huge number here. The run line on this team is minus 115 on top of that. But again, you're going to get a Padres team at home, so you're not going to get the full nine at-bats in theory. Could be a one-run win if you bet the run line. But the guy is, you know, one, one of the front runners to win this award now. And by the way, what happened yesterday with Corbin Burns again? Mm-hmm. Another off start. He yeah. threw a zillion pitches in, what, four and one-third. He was not sharp. And so that's like back-to-back starts now for that guy. And the, that team is a ticking time bomb. Yeah, now, you
3: called that. You just can't trust them, and there's no way they should have been a four-dollar favorite to win the division. Yep. William, and, William Hill put up some cool props yesterday. Boy, this is great. Aaron Judge against the field is up. Home runs. Judge is even money. You get everyone else dollar thirty. Every you get the rest of the league. Will it? Will a Los Angeles Angel win the MVP? Yes, plus two twenty-five. Mm. No minus 275.
0: Well, it's nights like last night where voters are in awe of Shohei Ohtani. Rightfully so. Through a gem, hit a home run. Uh Will
3: Judge win the MVP and the Yankees win the World Series? Yes, 12 to 1. There's a yes, no on that too. No, 24. That's a great
0: prop. That is. So the double dip there. Judge, MVP, Yankees to win the World Series. I don't have a share of either one of those. Interesting. I wonder what the actual two-team parlay pays at this point. Maybe around the same number. I have to go back and do the math. Um, and I, I would say this, if I had, I do not have Aaron judge to win the home run title either. If I did mm-hmm. at, uh, what was he probably before the season? 18 to one, something like that. I would look at minus minus one thirty on the field.
3: Should I bet judge? Cause I have all the other guys that are behind me. I see. I
0: got a bunch of other guys not that not are close. That. I don't have judge.
3: Yeah, I have Alvarez. I have Riley. I have Schwarber. Uh, they all Alonzo. Uh, you know, it's something to think about. That's a good prop, though. I'm it's a really good that. prop. Yep. yep, yep. I'm on the Braves. I know you you were touting Contreras, but they are Well, they I'm just pointing hot, out right? that he's good. Uh, eight in a row. All right. Phillies won seven in a row. Brewers have lost six in a row. This A's outfit. Blackburn, Now he was top in ROI. A couple losses now for Blackburn, and McKenzie's $1.60. This is something here. I mean, Ramirez hit another home run for this MVP talk. Yeah. And they they came back. They were down. They won 8-4 and covered the run line. Again, the three back of the Twins. They are
0: ahead of the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So this has been a fun ride with the Guardians. I will give you a matchup today that just, it screams, and I don't like betting run lines, but it screams like this team's going to win 10-2. to Blue Jays? Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's Brios going against Rodriguez. In right. his last start, Elvin Rodriguez, again. it was against the Yankees, four and one-third, and they left him out there. 11 hits, 10 earned runs, four home runs. You know, it'll probably correct a little bit from that. but And also, I I did break down Barrios in his overall numbers uh, this year compared to his career. It's his lowest case per nine since his rookie season in 2016. His walks per nine are higher than any other year uh, but last year. More home runs per nine than any other year uh, but his rookie year. Highest ERA, highest FIP, close to his highest XFIP. So, like, almost every single number on Jose Barrios here now is basically a career worst. Mm Mm-hmm. At some point, are we going to get some positive with, regression? Yeah, yeah. I, I would anticipate a little bit anyway. Can I do the same thing with the Yankees? Severino's been good.
3: I think Miley's going to have a tough goal of it. This Yankee yeah. offense. I, I can see coming. that. It's, it's just, they're going to explode at some point, right? Yeah. Can, can Miley and the Cubs contain them and hold them down? And what are they going to manage off Severino? What are they, 41 and 16 now, this this outfit? Yeah, yeah. I looked at what that one tough. as well. Yeah, they're $1.15 on the run line today, the Yankees, at home against the Cubbies. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Reds and Cardinals. Cardinals um, with a loser yesterday. They're getting Castillo today. Uh, looking at the overall like history of the players in the Cardinals against Castillo. Goldschmidt, Edmund, Bader, Arnauto, all good numbers off Castillo. He's been tricky to figure out. Kind of uh, off in his last start, but he was great against the Red Sox two starts ago. So. Alright, it is. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yep. First hour fall the money presented exclusively by Bett Rivers, your hometown book. 100% first deposit match bonus now. Code 250 match. Got to be 21. Offer not valid in all areas. Check out their house specials again today. with the Splash Brothers hit both? Go over four and a half threes. That's plus four forty for game four tonight. BetRivers.com for full offers, details and rules. Up next, we'll get back to the NBA Finals. More props and uh, break everything down coming up. Points in the paint again. Will it continue to go Boston's way like it did in game two? Straight ahead, decent for all the money. The Sports Betting Network.
7: The Sports Betting Network.
3: Jeff Siegel coming up in an hour. He's coming off a winning Preakness pick. You can get a $25 free bet to follow him Saturday at the Belmont. Just sign up for First Bet. The top horse racing app of VEASAN. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details. VEASAN.com slash horses. Promo code is
0: LVBELMONT. Jonathan Von Tobel joins the program now. Uh, VSIN NBA betting anal- analyst and also host of The Edge weekdays at 4 Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, right here on VSIN. Good morning, pal. How are you today?
7: I'm good, guys. What's going on? Finals have been pretty solid so far, so excited to see what's going to happen later tonight. So, how would you describe this through three games? We kicked this
0: around, I think it was after uh, game three, when we said the Celtics were you know, the better team at this point, up 2-1. And we said, are they clearly the better team? Uh, they were up big in that game. The Warriors made a big comeback. The Warriors also blew a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter of game one. How would you describe that at this point?
7: Yeah, I, I think you can kind of safely say, Mitch, that they're clearly the better defensive team, right? I think that's a really fair thing to say about what the Celtics have done up to this point. If you look at some of the offensive numbers, uh, specifically for the Warriors in the half court, It's been incredible what the Celtics have been able to do and why that's so important, at least, is, you know, the Warriors pride themselves not only on their half court offense, but what they do in those half court offenses. Right. It's cuts to the basket. It's off ball screens. uh, It's those dribble handoff plays. It's everything that they do that makes all of these teams look really foolish. And the Celtics have kind of snuffed every single bit of that out up to this point. And I think it's been really impressive. And I wrote about this in the column about this finals before it started. If you looked at the numbers. The Celtics defended those plays really well. And sure enough, you look at it right now, half-court offensive rating in this series for the Golden State Warriors, 97.3. That's through these three games. It includes game number two. And so I think that's my takeaway. Like, I think that Boston has been the better team. But I think if you wanted to talk about their offense, which really came to life in game three, uh, you have no argument that the Celtics have not been the better defensive team. And that has really shown. And it's been a big reason why they have this 2-1 lead. Not only the fourth quarter, in which they hold them scoreless for over five minutes, Uh, But, of course, Game 3, where Robert Williams comes on the floor after that third-quarter barrage and just completely just suffocates Mm -hmm. Golden State, Steph Curry involved as well. So I think that's where I would go. I still think Boston has clearly been the better team, but if you really want to point to something, it's been really clear that they've been the better defensive team.
3: And they just have to take care of the ball, and they're going to win the title as well and don't beat themselves. It's too easy. Game 1 and Game 3, it was so easy for them to score, and Golden State has to work for their points. And then the Splash Brothers go off in Game 3, and they still get buried. So now I have Curry banged up as well, and you worry about his health. Your thoughts tonight, and also I thought you had an interesting tweet about where where does this line go, because the public still is in love with Golden State. The professionals have loved Boston since the start of the year, but you also have the zigzag theory that people might look at too. So do you think it closes 4.5?
7: Yeah, I, I still kind of think it does, Paul. You know, I, I mentioned this to Matt, where I felt like maybe the sharp money and the respective money was going to start to shape this, these numbers. I mean, because we haven't really seen it. And I wrote about this in an article uh, the other day, which like, something you referred to. Like, there seems to be like this This line being drawn in the sand, right? Like Republic is on one side, respected money is on the other, and the public's on Golden State, and the sharp money is on the Boston Celtics. And we haven't really seen like the sharp money, like really shape a lot of these numbers. I mean, look at game two. When I was talking to Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate Superbook, he said, because of the situation, like, sharp money just didn't appear in Boston. He was just like, nah. He's like, well, they just sat back and they didn't want to bet Boston. He's like, we're either taking respected Boston money or no money in any way whatsoever. And, I, and I'm curious, like, as we look at them, because this is not, uh, I think a lot of people are equating this to game two. But those are obviously not made equal because what happened to game two? Well, the Warriors were back at home. And we have to keep in mind that the Warriors, they have not been a good road team since the regular season. In the postseason now, they are three and five straight up two and six against the spread on the road in this postseason. If you bring that back to the regular season and include that, they are 20 and 26, I believe, against the spread uh, away from home this year. So like, I don't think that we just chalk this up to a bounce back spot. Uh, I And I wonder if, and that was just kind of my guess when I tweeted that out, is when you look at this series and if you start to see that three and a half, because we saw that, right? A lot of shops open three and a half and immediately went to four. And maybe that's the Steph Curry thing, uh, but I thought that there was just some respected money that came in on it. But I also think to your point, Paul, one of my favorite moments. I don't know if you guys saw this from a Boston reporter. I hope it's real. Um, that Ime Udoka in game three uh, reportedly walked into a huddle and told them to stop playing like a-holes. I saw that, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 but it worked, right? And they turned things around. And it kind of brings up your point, Paul. If they're not turning the ball over, if they're not beating themselves and committing these dumb mistakes, if they're not getting lazy on their drops and playing right. them a little bit tighter. right. Like they're the better team, and I think I've seen that enough over the next or last three games that I'm comfortable to look at them again here in Game Four. Well,
3: he almost lost his mind during one timeout too. He's like, "Why are we doing? Get up, Steph Curry. Yeah, get up there." Yep. What, where they had that that rough stretch and they made their run. Yep.
7: And yep. you know, guys, like that's reportedly been the difference between him and Brad Stevens. Like Stevens reportedly has just was just too nice of a guy. Uh, just really wouldn't get in guys' jerseys. Like wouldn't tell them when they're doing something wrong. And Udoka from day one has not been that guy. He has been mm-hmm. telling them when they're dumb. He's been telling them when they're wrong. Uh, one of the Big controversies earlier in the year was yelling at Jason Tatum for complaining at an official, and people were like, ooh, how's that gonna go down? Yeah. And here they are, two wins away from the NBA finals. It's worked beautifully for him.
0: So, JVT, what are you expecting from Steph tonight? Fully healthy, uh, goes out there, goes for 35 points, hits seven threes, or is it gonna be a struggle for him?
7: Yeah, I, I feel like I I, I kind of feel like he's not fully healthy. Mitch, one of the yeah. comments that he made was what that was telling was he he brought up the the last regular season Boston game. And he said, it's the same injury as that, just to a lesser degree. And if you remember when Marcus Smart dies on a ball, rolls him up, he misses time after the end of the regular season. And and so that kind of worries you, right? Because if it's a similar injury, whatever degree it is, and I always make the joke, like, you wish you had those, like, Mortal Kombat health bars above their head to see exactly what's going on with these dudes. But (laughs) I would think that he's probably going to be, I wouldn't say hampered, because this is the NBA Finals. And you're seeing Robert Williams with one knee look incredible in Game 3. And Marcus Smart is dealing with stuff. Jason Tatum's got his shoulder so like I don't know if it's like dramatic in terms of the difference, but I gotta say I don't think there's much margin for error for Golden State, especially if Curry's not fully healthy because he's their lone shot creator at this point. Mm-hmm. And if he's even a half step off, well, I mean, you guys mentioned it. You saw Game Three; he had a great game, he had a great third quarter. Clay had a great game, and they lost by sixteen points.
3: Yeah, I don't think he would uh, would like lie and embellish, and I don't think he's that type of guy. Yeah, for him yeah. to say, for him to say, it's the same type of pain and similar. I mean, that that's that's
0: really this could decide the whole game
3: tonight. The series. Absolutely.
0: So did you grab three and a half right away when it was posted after game three? Or did you grab four? And then what would you recommend as of right now?
7: So I actually I haven't done anything yet because like Bet MGM's at three and a half shaded to like the favorite side at 115. Uh, I'm going to sit back because I would be comfortable laying four. I made this just over five personally. So I'm just going to sit back and see what the market does. I'm going to see if I'm right. And if it starts to get to four and a half, then I think that if the fours are widely available. I'll be able to lay it. Uh, but if I'm wrong and it gets back down to three and a half, kind of like we're talking, mm-hmm. well, then I'll just sit back and see if I can lay a better number. So I will be on Boston tonight. It just depends on what the market does here with this number. Uh, but yes, I, I still think there's value in this number. And guys, like, you know, I was talking to Jeff Folkel. If you actually crunch the numbers and you were looking at this and humans and I were talking about it, there's this, uh, you know, this trend, right? The previous 39 seasons in a one, one series in the NBA Finals yep. uh, that uh, the game Game three winner has won 82% of the time, something like that. Yep. Um, well, if you're doing that and you're, you're buying into that trend, this should be a money line price in the series of like minus 430, not minus 230. Mm. So uh, there's an argument to be made that there might be some money line value on the Celtics to win the series. I'm not going to do anything there because I've got my uh, previous in, uh, uh, investments. But yeah, I think there is value in that number, guys. I, I was, I'm going to play Boston tonight. Just depends on what number. Any player props at all? You know, so I was throwing this around. So Kerr has kind of been messing with these lineups. If you look like there, I think Zach Lowe brought this up. I think there were three different lineups that we've seen in this series up to this point that played three minutes or fewer in the regular season. So he's kind of grasping at straws and trying to find out what works for this team. And one of the things we saw him do in game three was kind of go away from Kavon Looney. And part of the reason why is you just you can't play him and Draymond together. It's it's Mm -hmm. not really good for your offense. And so I wonder if we're going to get more Kavon Looney, more slipping of screens, more because even when he slips screens and he catches the ball in the paint, he can score or he's actually a pretty good facilitator. He's got a few games in this postseason of five assists uh, or around that number. So like playing Kavon Looney, he went over his point total the other night and he's sitting at like six and a half or so. I was looking ahead to play him over. I would think that that's going to be part of the game plan here is staggering him and Draymond and getting a little bit more Kevon Looney and more traditional pick and rolls out of him because that really worked for him in game two. And I wonder if they're going to start to work that a little bit more here in game four. I'll
0: tell you what. I mean, if I had to have one of the two guys on the court tonight, if I had to pick, it would be Looney over Draymond Green the way he's playing.
7: Dude, I, 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 I tend to agree. Draymond, and you're seeing, I said this to you like last night, you're seeing like, I think this is the, like the worst series for Draymond because if you're seeing him, if he's at the top of the key and they run a, like a wing pick and roll for Steph, the guy who's on Draymond is just sprinting away from him and helping off.
2: Yep. And yes. when it
7: comes to the defense, Tatum was challenging him almost every single play down the stretch. Like they weren't afraid of him. It's just a really bad series for Draymond because it's just the perfect team to handle a golden state. And all of a sudden his weaknesses just get really exposed.
0: Yep. Well, buddy, thanks for the time today. Enjoy the game. I hope that you're cashing that uh, 66-1 to ticket
7: on the Celtics soon. And yeah, Me too. Me too, guys. Thanks a lot.
0: Yep. Enjoy the games and this weekend. So there you go. Jonathan Von Tobo, host of The Edge weekdays at 4 o'clock Eastern right here on v uh good, good point about Looney. I'm Ron Burgundy, question mark? <laughs> you think? I think that Looney should be out there on the court more. Uh-huh. It does make sense. And I, I do agree. Good observation by Lowe. And that's kind of what I was thinking coming into t- t- uh, today's show. Is that Kerr's probably going tink- to tinker a little bit tonight out of desperation. That could yes, that's, I could yep. see that happening. Uh huh. There's probably a little bit in the back of his head, like if we don't win another title now with the with the core that we have, like eh, how much longer do we have with Stefan Clay? Well, I don't know about that. This was this was they, they got back
3: fast. This was after uh, coming back from the injury to be here. I didn't expect a lot of people to have him in this spot here.
0: Up next, do you concur? He should tell the team, nope, I'm good.
5: That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v
3: Welcome back. DraftKings Casino brings you a new era of your favorite games, including blackjack, roulette slots, plus live dealer table games. And this week, DraftKings Casino paid out some big wins. A player bet $20 and won over $537,000 on Mercy of the Gods. Someone else won $113,000 on Divine Fortune. Download the... DraftKings Casino app today. New customers claim a deposit bonus up to $2,000, and they start you off with up to $50 in free credits just for signing up. Download the DraftKings Casino app and use code VISA to claim the offer casino.draftkings.com for full details. We are going to call him Andrew, and he joins us now, World Series of Poker dealer and a dealer on the strip with the big cash games. Also a Celtic fan. So it works out, as uh, he's kind enough to come on for a couple (laughs) segments here and talk about this. Appreciate the time, Andrew. Can you give us a little bit about your background and how long you've been a dealer and dealt at the World Series and some of the cash games?
8: I've been a dealer for about three and a half years. I started dealing out in Seabrook, New Hampshire, at a place called The Brook. Um, Learned from a guy who's actually a fan of the show named Chris Robichard taught me how to deal. Moved out to Vegas about a year after dealing in New Hampshire um originally tried to do the world series ended up getting in at the normal casinos as the table games first and then on the strip healing cash and then still did the world series last year okay and, and in the strip this year
3: okay very good so we're about 10 days in to the world series of yep. poker now anything uh anything you'd like to share about what's happened any any issues any mistakes and how are things being run so far
8: I've heard mixed reviews from the players about how they like it being on the strip. I was down by there yesterday, checking out some of the cash games they had at alleys And it's a zoo over there. It's a lot different than when it was all isolated at the Rio. Now it's right there on the strip and you can see the WSOP shirts from about three casinos over.
3: Okay. Have there been any mistakes?
8: Oh yeah. There's been two so far this week, uh, Sorry, this past ten days, there was a mistake in the five hundred dollar housewarming event where on break when the dealer was supposed to color up the chips, which means the smaller denominations to higher chips, uh, this dealer brought all the chips into the middle, re-racked them all, and it took about they say an hour and fifteen minutes for them to look through the videos and get all the oh, players man, chips about oh. oh, right. See all the chips straight into the rack everything held up the whole tournament
0: oh what a nightmare <laughs> had, scenario there and this one's crazy that they had
8: is um at the start of one of the tournaments the tournament director said to put the threes fives and nines in the well which is referring to the stacks in the three seat the five seat and the nine seat because those aren't sold yet so players would get those upon showing their ticket the rest are eligible to be blinded out and are played as live stacks this dealer took all the threes, fives, and nines out of the deck. Oh, no. <laughs> That's 12 cards. So they played a hold down, which is 30 minutes, without any three fives or nines in the deck, making it impossible to make a straight. And yet this happened. They, um, so this was a story that was shared this week. I'm not sure if it happened this week. But it was a story of a WSOP event that was shared this week. Where they were playing with forty cards for about thirty minutes, no possible straights able to happen. It's a they didn't know until she got pushed up and she went to go hand the dealer coming in another packet of cards that were all the threes, fives, and nines from the deck.
3: How does this happen? How, how, yeah, how, I mean, you, you can't can't you tell by looking or holding a deck of cards if it's light? Because a couple years ago, they played. Oh, how long was it,
0: Mitch? 44 cards.
3: They played, they played For, an hour? An hour, yeah. For,
0: with
8: 44 cards in a deck. Yeah. Which I know I was dealing a horse tournament yesterday, which is a mix of Hold'em, Omaha, Raz, Stud, and Eight or Better. And all those games have different um, number of cards that are dealt. And I was thinking about it. That would be like dealing a hand of no limit Hold'em in you have like 10 cards left. How would you not notice that that doesn't really add up? But in this case, the dealer knew because she took threes, fives and nines out of the deck. She thought that was part of the tournament. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Some of it might be some ignorance from not being sharp to poker terms.
3: Well, was this, so how bad was it last year? Because you see what's going on with the shortage, and you know people don't want I, – I don't I don't blame people that didn't want to work last year. I mean, a poker table yeah. is a Petri dish when you look at it with the pandemic. But mm-hmm. we, we, no one wanted the deal last year. So what kind of mistakes, and what was it like last year?
8: Um, You had people that were – especially for some of the different games that weren't – no women hold them, like Seven Card Stud and Badoogie, they did have people that were learning the games – the day that they were expected to deal it, mm. and mistakes happen all the time, and it's definitely hard, especially if you don't know anything about poker. You just accept the job, and then you're thrown in a situation where everybody's staring at you, and stuff starts moving quick. But I know last year they had situations with dealers that were don't deal- tried dealing the cards the opposite way, so instead it to the left of the dealer, they started dealing to the right of the dealer. The players obviously caught on to that one quick. I know there was a big um, one that was all over Twitter from last year where a player wanted to um, leave the tournament. He only had a few chips left and um, he wanted to give his chips to another player at the table, which is completely illegal. And the dealer stopped it and said, no, he would have to divide up his chips and give them to everybody at the table, which is also completely wrong and illegal. Yeah, and um, the floors found out about that, and they had to, just for that, you just get a lot of people that aren't really sure about the games and can kind of get deceived by the players and such.
0: Let's follow the money here on vsin the Sports Betting Network. We're talking to Andrew, dealer over at the World Series of Poker. So based on that, I can only imagine the abuse inexperienced yeah. uh, dealers would get how does that trickle over then to competent and experienced dealers then? Like how much abuse do you get on a daily or weekly basis or however long it takes to play the World Series of Poker? And then how about other dealers as well?
8: Um, I think dealer uh, players can usually tell how um, sharp a dealer is pretty quickly with mm-hmm. the comfort level. And you can tell if a dealer, because I've definitely been the dealer in the headlights before especially when i was first dealing in new hampshire and know what that feels like with the stairs and i'm sure they didn't have glowing reviews for me when i moved on to another table but they can usually tell pretty quick by how the games run and how frantic the dealer is running around usually if the dealer's touching the chips and cards a lot that's not usually a good sign there's not much to do that's uh, room for mistakes.
3: Well, do you do you run into how often do you run into dealer abuse or hear about it, or even people that work in the casinos about it's your fault I'm losing, or it's your fault I'm getting bad cards and I'm running bad, and some bizarre behavior you've seen over the years. <clears throat> um,
8: when I I dealt table games at Boulder Station, and that was definitely the worst I ever heard of it. Being on the other side of the blackjack table, okay, you hear about every word that you can you get the full blame same with roulette or any other game like that with poker it's more like the player snaps very quickly because they're trying to hold their cool and keep their table image and then they get one more bad beat and they start throwing cards at you demanding a new setup um asking the floor if they could get a new dealer and a lot of cursing
3: okay do you do can dealers put it where they want on a roulette table
8: so I would—I personally hit the same number three times in a row. And whenever something like that would happen, it would be on a busy Friday night. So when you start to think about it, if you're just in a rhythm and you're hitting the ball the same way, a dealer could definitely get it in the same section of a roulette wheel, like within the same yes. five or six numbers, which is a very profitable strategy for roulette players is playing a section of the physical wheel itself. And that if a dealer's in a rhythm and the wheel's spinning at a certain pretty consistent rate and they have their little snap down and they're just doing it self-consciously, oh, yeah, I can definitely land right there all over again. They could, You could definitely get some dealers on the strip who could probably put it where they want to or pretty close to.
0: Okay, so you, you think if you consistently tried at this, you could probably put the ball within four, five, or six spots on the wheel like very often.
8: Yeah, if it was um, all the same, if you were in the same rhythm, because right. you had the wheel going one direction, the ball going the other. I've obviously never attempted it, but if you get a rhythm and you have a pretty consistent spin down and you're just kind of in the flow of it, they do float around the same section a lot. I don't know about the same exact number, but definitely the same section.
3: Have you noticed in the last couple of years uh, a, a ton of players all of a sudden taking their shoes off?
8: Uh, yeah, and um, oh. I've never been at a table that play that other players have been cool with it. Usually, as soon as somebody notices, the other players will kind of get on them. But um, maybe it's like the COVID making everything seem like the airport now.
3: <laughs> oh, well, no. Definitely a That's weird that, one. Uh, well, at least they're coming down on these guys and saying, put your damn shoes on. I don't want them yeah. to smell your damn feet <laughs> well, on your <laughs> <laughs> table. It's a...
0: Have you ever been at a table where somebody, like an adult, obviously, uh, is wearing a diaper? They don't want to leave the table?
8: No, no, no. That would be a new one. You've heard, you've heard, heard stories heard
0: about that, Paulie. Yeah,
3: yeah. How about Eskimo Clark? He was the chip leader and had a heart attack. He refused medical attention because he was the chip leader. He had another heart
0: attack.
8: <laughs> there is a legendary story about Steve Unger, who built up enough of a chip lead in the World Series of Poker and then he um, had a overdose in his hotel room going into the next day, but had built up enough of a chip lead that even not showing up the next day because he was in the hospital, he still got blinded out and came in the money. <laughs>
5: oh, my Which is God. is one of those
8: longer but- stories that it's pretty legendary.
0: All right, Andrew, hang tight. Uh, we're going to come back for one yeah. more segment. This is Follow the Money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Andrew is a dealer over at the World Series of Poker. I want to ask him, like, how many bad poker players – actually get into this event and how long does it take to spot a bad poker player my guess is probably two seconds we'll talk to andrew about that coming up next
7: follow the money on v the sports betting network
3: Welcome back. Here he comes, v contributor Jeff Siegel, coming off a winning Preakness pick. You can get a $25 free bet to follow him tomorrow in the Belmont. He'll give out his Belmont play coming up. And appreciate the time, as always, sir. What do you like today? Let's start with Belmont. Take it away and give us a couple of your selections.
5: Okay, we've got a couple today. We've got a race at Belmont Park called the Belmont Gold Cup. It's a two-mile turf race. We don't see too many of these out here uh in the States, and that's one of the reasons why I think the European invaders are going to be tough. There are two in here at number four, Outbox, who is the two to one morning line favorite. He's legit, but I like the, the longer price of the Euros. That's number one, Loft, in from Germany, where he just won a grade two, a group two race uh, the last time out, and that was his first start of the year. I, I watched the video of the race. He was very impressive, and if he runs back to that race, uh, I think he can beat Outbox, and I certainly think he can beat all of the Americans. So at four to one in the morning line, uh, he's a genuine, proven stayer, and I think uh, he's got an edge on these. I like number one, Loft, to win mild surprise, perhaps, in the Belmont Gold Cup that goes as the eighth today at Belmont Park. Got one at Santa Anita as well. This is a, uh, a two-year-old race on grass. A uh, bunch of first-time starters in here to consider. And the one that I like the most is number eight, Green-Eyed Lady. This is a filly by a uh, new, new style in Oscar performance. Uh, Bread for grass on both sides of her pedigree. This is a turf sprint, so I understand uh, why they're debuting her in this spot. She's trained really well. She only has four workouts showing, but the ones that I've seen in the morning are quite good, and I think she's got a very good chance to win at first asking. So that's number eight, Green-Eyed Lady at Santa Anita, goes as the third race on the program.
3: Okay, so now we get the $25 free bet, and great job on the Preakness. We can tail you tomorrow in the Belmont. Who's the pick going to be there?
5: I wish I had picked uh, Rich Strike in the Derby when he was 80 to 1. I'm going to pick him this time, and this time he's 7 to 2 on the morning line, so I kind of already missed the boat on Rich Strike. But he's not the favorite. In fact, he's not even the, the second choice. He's the third choice on the morning line. Um, so there may be some value yet. Um, eight horse field going a mile and a half. He hasn't run since the Derby. He skipped the Preakness, but uh, I thought his Derby win was legit. I don't think he was any kind of fluke. And he's trained really well since. And I also think uh, he will really like the mile-and-a-half distance. So I like Rich Strike to win. Um, I think Mo Donegal, number six, he's the second choice. Uh, I think he's got a good chance as well. As well as the Philly. There's a Philly in this race named Nest, uh, Curlin Philly, who was second in the Kentucky Oaks. But she's another one of the runners that I think is going to love a mile-and-a-half. So those are the three in an exacto or trifecta box. But the main push goes to Rich Strike. Again, I'm, I'm a believer. I wish I were a believer five weeks ago, but uh, I'll still take 7-2, to 4-1 if I can get it. Number four, Rich Strike to win the Belmont Stakes.
0: Jeff, is it the way that horse closed the derby and just tracked everybody down and was still running, it could have just kept on running and running and running? Is that the reason why now with the mile-and-a-half track that you just can't get that out of your head and why you like him here?
5: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of reasons. Uh, the distance, I think, will like it. He's, he's actually bred to be a late-developing type of horse. His sire, Keen Ice, didn't even win his first stakes race until the Travers back at Saratoga in, in the in the late summer. So he's bred to get better, and he is getting better. And I don't think he has to come from all that far back. I, I've watched him train since that last race, and I think he's relay fairly close. The, the Belmont stakes is a mile and a half. It's kind of a Galloper's race where you don't have to come from way back. You probably... Uh, shouldn't come from way back, and I think Rich Strike will kind of draft in somewhere in the middle, and then uh, he has an extended run. And by the way, he won the Derby by three quarters of a length, but he got stopped from the three eighths pole to the quarter pole. So while he may have just gotten up, he could have won by more, and probably should have won by more had, had he gotten through. So I think Rich Strike is a better horse than people are giving him credit for.
3: Okay, how about the uh, Pletcher's had success here and won three times? Does that factor in when you look at this, and also the. The jockey of uh, if that bothers you, the jockey of Rich Strike, uh, not familiar with the with the Belmont mile and a half.
5: Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Okay. I think a Rich Strike will will get a good ride. That jock knows that horse like the back of his hand. As for Pletcher, yes, in fact, I'm using both of those Pletcher entrants in my trifecta number three nest. That's the filly I mentioned, trained by Todd Pletcher, and then Mo Donegal, the other Pletcher, is a colt that actually won the Wood Memorial two races back and beat subsequent. Preakness winner early voting. And then in his last start in the Derby, he had the dreaded rail, got shuffled back, rallied wide too late, ran better than the line will show. So, again, I I really fear both the Pletcher horse's nest and Moe Donegal. The one that I'm trying to beat here is the morning line favorite, We the People. Uh, He's coming out of a race called the Peter Pan, but that was an off-track uh, I think that moved him up, and I'm not sure about a mile and a half. And I certainly don't think he's uh, two to one. I don't think there's value there. So the, the the play against is the is against the favorite, We the People, and the play on is Rich Strike, along with Nest and Mo Donegal, the two Pletcher horses. Okay. Do
3: you recall this happening before? Have we seen 80 to one and then down to seven to two like like <laughs> this before?
5: No, and I'll tell you why. Because usually when an 80 to one shot wins, it's mostly because it's a fluke, and maybe the others run down to his level rather than the other way yeah, around. Mm-hmm. No. This one won at 80-to-1, but he actually ran a terrific race, and he just improved. And he'd his form as prior to the derby was better than 80-to-1. He would had some tough trips, and he, was, he had some pace situations that weren't favorable. So while I, I couldn't say, in retrospect, I would have picked him, he wasn't the worst horse in the race, and he ran great, and now I expect him to continue to get better, as his sire did, uh, frosted, So uh, there's a lot to like about Rich Strike. And, again, I've watched him trains on uh, video since that Belmont, who works, and they look, he looks terrific. So I don't think he's going to stop improving. And uh, he may have a lot more improvement in him than even people think.
0: So, Jeff, for the record, right now I have the Express Bet uh, betting guide pulled up. It's beautiful. You guys did a great job with this. Your $100 wagering strategy on this race, $60 to win on Rich Strike. $5 a box on Rich Strike, Mo Donegal, and Ness, like you talked about, and also $5 on the exacta box with Rich Strike and We the People?
5: That is correct. I, I threw in We the People on one kind of saver $5 bet just in case he gets loose in the lead, which he probably will, and maybe keeps on going. And when I made those selections, it was supposed to rain on Saturday, and I thought maybe We the People um, would like the off-track because he certainly did in the Peter Pan but now I just checked the the weather uh, right before airtime and it doesn't look like it's going to rain so I'll throw him in as a saver but uh he's not a main play by any stretch of the imagination
3: all right go get him do it again thanks for a few minutes
5: <laughs> okay good luck to all thanks.
3: there you go all right so if you back him and, and rich strike wins that's a hundred dollars for you go to first bet slash horses on the offer for our fans vison.com uh dot slash horses promo code LV Belmont LV Belmont $25 free bet, follow his
0: play Saturday, which Rich uh, rich Strike. By the way, Eddie Olchek on the guide as well. Eddie? Breakdown analysis, his betting strategy. So you can get it all there. Again, where Paulie just said, vson.com slash horses. Okay, good weekend overall coming up. Good fun. This is from Ryan. I was a writer at the Mandalay Bay, slow Sunday night. I was working with another kid.
3: I knew he bet out of his drawer, but he always his numbers were always right. He's looking at the harness racing book. He's handicapping the races. He's betting races. He's paying close attention. Card ends. He says he's got to go to the bathroom real quick and call my supervisor to count my bank. He said, Where's your buddy? Where do you, where'd, where'd he go? He goes, I went to the bathroom. It's been two hours now. Supervisor calls him. Nothing. Counts his bank. 13,000 light. He was betting a Sunday card.
0: Couldn't do it. losing every race. Ouch.
3: Right out of the drawer. Ouch. Disappeared.
0: Man. What if they found him? Oh, my God. And this is an email from Scott. In Toronto, com. bare feet on a plane. Yeah. morning, guys. Love the show. I travel every three years to Hong Kong with my wife to visit her family. With the pandemic, have held off. 2023 is when we're going to be ready again. Facing major anxiety between the airports, animals on a 16-hour flight. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yep. There it is. Look at that. The
3: person who took this said that they, would just started, they, didn't, they were just ready to take off. Just ready to take off, and you got to encounter this. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: All right, so what happens tonight, then? Final prediction for the NBA Finals game?
3: Celtics win and cover. Celtics win and cover. I don't know about the total. I I would back the uh, first quarter over again, too. 54-and-a-half. All three first quarters have gone over.
0: They come out hot, come out ready to go. Yeah, I think... uh, we're going to get plenty of three pointers again in this game tonight. It's a, yeah. attempts, attempts, which could go over Makes, twenty and a half again.
3: Made threes are twenty eight and a half combined. The
0: other thing to monitor could be good for in play is the, the health of these guys,
3: especially Curry. I mean, he he said it feels like yeah. when he got hurt. The same feeling when he got hurt against Boston in March when Smart fought. That's yeah, Horford's a big guy and he falls on
0: him. Show short turnaround, maybe doesn't have much. You're betting under Robert Williams points. Yes, yes, he's so, hurt too. Yeah, based on that. Um, his injury, his health, and if he doesn't play the minutes tonight, I agree with what Jonathan Von Tobel said two hours ago. Play Looney to go over; he'll have more minutes. Yeah, uh, Green's been a disaster. I would. Ra- I don't know if Kerr's going to approach it like that. That's this, hard, but... though. Then you, there's two guys
3: who can't shoot. You're playing three on five on offense. Looney's more of a putback. back a I would at, kick.
0: I would personally look at Looney. If I'm the coach here, give me more minutes tonight than Draymond Green. And he should have gone over in the last game. He should have. Yeah. He got hooked. That might be a good angle there. All right. That's it for us today. Uh, Have a great weekend. Good luck with your batch. Talk again Monday morning. See you.
6: terms and conditions apply
2: it's brand new season two